Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Simply Put. I am so glad you're here. I'm just really excited to head into episode numero four. (laughs) And today we are going to be talking about this idea of do you actually want to be healed? So I first learned about this story back in July of last year. Now, just to give you a little bit of a backstory, my parents got divorced when I was six years old, and I would say for almost two decades, especially into my 20s, I really used their divorce as a crutch for poor relationships. So I would say things like... um, well, it's okay if it doesn't work out. Things just always don't work out. It's, I'm used to it. Or I would say things like, yeah, it's fine. Like, I got it. Everybody leaves. Oh, I'm so, I'm like very guilty for that one. And so for years and years and years, I would use um, this divorce as just a reason for poor behavior in relationships. And to be completely honest, like I have great marriages around me. And so realistically, I was basing my expectation off of one experience that I had in my life and really using it to justify my actions in every way. So last July, I was watching the sunset one night and I just heard God whisper to me, do you even want to be healed? Like, do you really want to be healed from those relational wounds? Like, do you want me to heal that part of you? Because I want to heal you. But I think you like holding on to those excuses so much that, Britt, to be honest with you, not too sure you want healing. And this wrecked me. I mean, for a long time, I sat with just those words and I didn't understand how could we want to be free but not actually really want the healing that comes along with that freedom. And so as I wrestled through this, I was brought to a story in John chapter 5. And this story is about a man who Jesus asks that very question. Do you even want to be healed? Like, do you actually want to get well? Or do you kind of like this nasty atmosphere that you're in? Is Is this what you're good with? Is this what you're so used to that the idea of healing is actually a lot more scary then it is sought out. So God, I invite you into this podcast. Lord, I pray for whoever's listening to this on the other end, God, that their heart would be open, that their eyes would be clear. Lord, for that the time we're together, they could focus on your word, Lord. I pray uh, just that your message is delivered clearly. And God, that this message would bless someone today. All right, so let's dive in. John chapter 5, I want to give you guys a little bit of context of what's going on in the first couple verses. So Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem for a festival, and he passes by a pool called Bethesda. So 
pause here because I think it's really interesting. Bethesda actually means the house of mercy. So Jesus is passing by a pool that means the house of mercy. And around this pool are people that are paralyzed, people that are blind, people that are lame. So a bunch of people really just stuck in everything. Um, So a little bit more context about this pool, though. So it's said by theologians that once a day, an angel would come and stir the waters in the pool, and those who were in the water would be healed. So not only is this pool just surrounded by people with physical disability, but it's also um, almost their only shot at healing. So people wait by this pool, and they wait by this pool, and they wait by this pool for an opportunity to receive the healing that they're after. But we're introduced to one man. Now, we don't have a name for this guy. Jesus calls him an invalid the entire text. So we'll call him the invalid. So Jesus uh, is introduced to this man who he calls an invalid. And this man has been by the pool for 38 years. No joke. 38 years. So pick up in verse 6. It says, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in his condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? So we're going to unpack this first because I think this verse specifically carries so much context for how do we actually be healed? Like, what does it look like to actually be healed from the things that we have held on to for so long that we have claimed identity in over our lives? Like, how do we find healing in those areas? And it's really interesting if you notice in the first four words, it says, when Jesus saw him, which tells us one thing, that this man was in a position to be seen by Jesus. So this man wasn't covering up what he was ashamed of, and he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he couldn't move. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there. So when Jesus physically saw this man, that's where healing begins. Because I think what, just the back text of this would just be that like, It's really hard for Jesus to heal what you hide. And I think many times we have heard, you can't heal what you hide. But I don't know if that's true, because technically Jesus can do anything. But I do think that when we're vulnerable, when we're willing to be open, it allows Jesus to see the very current state we're in, no matter how broken, no matter how ugly, no matter how stuck we feel, when Jesus sees us, like really sees us, healing begins. And if you keep going from there, it says when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, that word learned, guys, that's so important. And I think this goes back to Genesis 3 verse 9, where Jesus asks them in the garden, where are you? See, This idea of learn tells us that there's a conversation going on between Jesus and this man. Jesus is learning about why this man is the way he is, what has been his experience by the pool. And I don't think that Jesus is asking him these questions because he doesn't know. Obviously, Jesus knows everything. But I think he's doing this to revert back to that Genesis 3-9 verse, where are you? What are you experiencing? Where are you hurting Why do you feel so stuck? See, sometimes God asks us questions 
that he already knows the answer to. He's not looking for the answer. He's looking for our awareness within the circumstance that we're in. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in his condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. So this is the next verse we're going to unpack because, again, there is so much in just two verses alone. It says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So a couple things in this guy's response that I see so many times in my own life is Jesus asks him if he wants to get well. Do you want to be out of this circumstance where you have to try to get in this pool? Is basically what Jesus is saying. And the guy replies with every reason as to why he can't get healed, why he can't get into the pool, why things keep happening to him. And I know for me, I do this um, so much, and I'm sure you do too because we're human, is when Jesus prompts us with something, we often reply with the reason in which it can't be done. And what I see here is a man just like us who sees God's healing but doesn't understand that A simple yes would have done the trick. Instead, he responds with all the reasons why that just, that's just not possible. Because someone or something keeps getting in his way. It says, well, I'm trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. You guys, have you ever just felt like you wanted healing, but someone or something kept getting in your way? I know for me, um... Alcohol was a big one of these where I knew I really needed healing um, from alcoholism. But every time that I would get sober for a couple days, something would happen. Either I'd have a really bad day at work or um, a friend would be going through a tough time or my relationship would be on the rocks. And I would always find a reason to go back to the thing that really I needed freedom from. And I think that's what's happening here is Maybe it's not in the context of alcoholism. Maybe it's in the context of relationships. Maybe it's in the context of toxic friendships. Maybe it's in the context of work. I don't know what context it is for you, but I believe there are areas in our heart that Jesus wants to heal. But the thing is, is you can't do it in your own strength. And when we try to do it in our own strength, someone or something is always going to get in the way. That's what we see in verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. Well, I am trying. See, this guy, he's trying. He's, he's trying in his own strength. It's not that he doesn't want to be healed. He's trying. And every time he tries, someone else goes down ahead of him. Every time he tries, someone gets in his way. Every time he tries, he is blocked from the healing power that he really needs. And I believe that's a word for you. I believe that's a word for me, that there are things in our lives that we need to stop trying to find freedom in and trust that God will heal us right where we are, that you don't need to touch the water to be healed. You don't need to do this and do that to be healed, that God wants to meet you right where you are, right where you're at, and get you healed and get you back on your feet. 
So pick up in verse 8. It says, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Man, I love Jesus. (laughs) You see what Jesus does there? Totally, totally overlooks everything this guy just said. Totally overlooks the fact that he can't get in the pool. Totally overlooks the fact that people are in his way. Jesus just says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And then at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. So when I read this story for the first time, I was really stuck on this idea of get up. But as I've read and read and studied and studies, that middle term, that pick up your mat, really just has gripped me. Because ultimately, here's what that middle term says. It says, people will know that you have been healed, and they will also know your former condition. Because I don't think God wants us to forget what happened. So many times in my life, I've just said, I just want to forget it. I just, I just, I want to move on. I just, I want to forget this. But God doesn't want you to forget it happened. He wants to use it to show his faithfulness that his healing is still happening. See, what happens when we forget something is we can't tell about it then. And I believe that what you've walked through, the trials you've experienced, the healing that you've seen, God wants you to tell about it. He wants you to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Walk and show people His healing. Walk and show people that you are a product of God's grace. Man, I wish this would sink in that God doesn't want you to forget it ever happened. Stop trying to forget it ever happened. He wants to use it to show His faithfulness that His healing, His power, and His grace is still happening right now. Pick back up in verse 9. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. So, this verse doesn't look like much. But this verse carries so much meat. Because Jesus just told this man to do what was against the rules and to walk in his healing. And I believe this just reiterates the fact that God wants a relationship with you. He is not worried about the rules. He literally just told this man that he healed, Hey, like, I need you to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And I bet in Jesus' mind, he's like, Ah, man, like, the rule busters, they are gonna hate this. But the man does. I mean, he does what Jesus tells him to do. And I think it's so interesting because as soon as he is around people, now mind you, this man has been paralyzed. Like he's just been on that mat for 38 years and people aren't worried about the healing that took place. They're worried about the rules that he didn't follow to get the healing. All right. All right. All right. So I want to read verse 10 again though, because I don't want you to miss this. And I think that this is so much of where our generation, our society gets stuck. Verse 10. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. See, what this mat resembled for this man was the thing that he had been bound to for 38 years. I mean, not only was this mat part of his deepest hurt, but it was also part of his greatest healing. 
And I think so many of us are told to set down our mats on a Sunday as if we have it all together. I think God's word is onto something here where it says, it is the Sabbath you are forbidden to carry your mat. How many times do we walk in on a Sunday morning pretending like we have it all together, but we don't, but we want to carry our mat, but everybody in the church says, that mat doesn't belong here. We don't want to see what you're bound to. We don't want to see what hurts you. We don't want to see what you feel as if you're chained to. Leave it at the door. But Jesus instructs this man to carry it boldly in his hands. And everybody around says, we don't carry our mats on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. See, I believe that's for someone today. Stop setting your mat down. Stop setting down the thing that keeps you bound Before you walk into a temple on Sunday morning, before you walk into God's presence ever, pick up your mat, carry it in with you, proudly, boldly carry in his healing, but also carry in your hurts. You don't have to set down your mat to step into God's presence. He says, no, 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 no. I want your mat in here because your story matters and there's healing in your story. So please stop setting down your mat. Because your mat matters. If we pick up in verse 12, it says, So they asked him, Who is the fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. So I have really wrestled with this verse, all of these verses, because I struggle that one verse before he had no idea who healed him. And the verse after Jesus calls out a second sin in his heart, the man goes away telling of Jesus' healing. So as I tried to break this down, Here's what I think. Some theologians say that the warning in verse 14 that says, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you was just a foreshadowing. Theologians believe that this was just Jesus saying, Hey, watch yourself because something worse can happen to you if you don't. But the thing I, I struggle with, the thing I've been wrestling with is that This man was at the healing pool, so he believed in angels. And this man believed in the healing power to some extent. But yet he had no idea who had healed him. Or he tells people he had no idea who had healed him. And then he's back in the temple, which I think is important. I think it's important that where Jesus finds him is in God's presence. And Jesus says, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Here are my thoughts. I wonder if there was a secret sin struggle that this man was dealing with that nobody knew. That deep down, this man wasn't facing something that Jesus knew. See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. 
When I read this over and over again, I kind of saw myself. I began to see all the times that I gave credit to my circumstances instead of Christ. I began to see the times that I beat around the bush to avoid telling people about God. I still do this all the time, and I don't think it's intentional, but I do think at some point we're hesitant to really speak boldly about God's healing power and about the freedom that comes in knowing Him. I know for me, when someone asks me, why are you so happy all the time? It's easy for me to say, I was just born like this. But that's not true. The truth is, when my anxiety was great within me, God's consolation brought joy to my soul. Psalm 94, 19. My joy doesn't come from me. My joy comes from the Lord. Healing doesn't come from self-discipline. Healing comes from God. Who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. Skip to 15, the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. See, maybe that sin struggle was Christ calling out his timidness. Maybe it was Jesus saying, you're timid. I need you to speak boldly about the healing that I have just done because I need people to know that my healing power still exists. And I believe that message is as much for you as it is for me. That maybe, just maybe, it's time that we stop giving credit to our circumstances and start giving credit to Christ who controls our circumstances. John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I think it's safe to say that everything we experience, every freedom that's found, every healing that's done, isn't of our own works, and it's not of our own strength. It has been relinquished to us by the hand of a mighty, mighty Father who loves you, who cares about you, and who wants you to show the world that He isn't the great I was. He is the great I am. So, question for you. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to see freedom? Do you want to live to tell about Christ's healing? Because I believe that's the invitation He gives to us all. He's looking for people that are willing to trust Him and stop trying to do it in their own strength. He's looking for people that will get up, pick up the very thing that bound them so tightly, and walk forward in His power. I am so expectant for how this word is going to shift our perspective, but also the way in which we approach God's healing power in our life. God, I thank you for this word today, Lord. I pray that that these words would just bless somebody, God, that they would find healing, God, they would find freedom, Lord. I pray for just the one person specifically on the other end of this podcast that has felt like they have tried to find 
healing. God, that they have tried to overcome this addiction time and time again, Lord, but it just feels like they can't. God, I pray for that person specifically, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just touch them right now. God, that they would know, Lord, that they don't have to try anymore, Lord. You meet them where they're at. God, you are there in it with them, and all you want to do is see them be healed. Lord, I pray for new focus to give you credit in every circumstance. God, that we would not give our circumstances the power, but Lord, we would know that your power is in every circumstance. God, thank you for the honor of sharing your word today. Thank you for another week of Simply Put. In your name, amen. Guys, I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thanks for hanging out. Really appreciate you guys joining me. So see you back next week. Looking forward to it. And um, yeah, ask yourself, do you actually even want to be healed? Because if the answer is yes, I believe there's a God that wants to heal you. Roger that. Over and